And we have accepted the mannequin challenge. We are the Badcast. Welcome to episode 13. I am Landon West. I'm Chuck Livingston. I'm Tyler Bennett. We're so glad that you could join us. Right now, we're kind of in that lull where not much is going on other than football. Basketball's almost there. Volleyball has winded down. But still a lot to talk about this time of year. Uh, as the Patriots finished out their regular season this past Thursday night, one of our rare Thursday night kickoffs at Cooksey Johns Stadium. I got that right. That's I? right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, in uh, Jonesboro, at the campus of Jonesboro High School. Guys, this was a very, very much anticipated football game as the Patriots have their, their confidence and their swagger about them finally, and Jonesboro's just being Jonesboro. So what kind of matchup did you tout going into this game? Uh, I think we all knew it was going to be like a pinball game, high scoring, a lot of offense, a lot of big plays. It's exactly what we got. Uh, you know, Jonesboro, I think the story of the game was Jonesboro got up 49-31 uh, late in the fourth quarter. They took that lead, and it kind of looked like that was the game, and it was. They ended up winning 49-45. But, uh, you know, Marion, to their credit, did not, uh, you know, pack it in. They hung in there. They scored two late touchdowns. They recovered an onside kick. They onside kicked again and almost got that one, but just weren't able to complete the, the uh, comeback. Uh, Jonathan Adams for Jonesboro was great. What was it, six catches, 163. Uh, three touchdowns, one of them on – I mean, he had, he had over 200 total yards uh, through the air and on the ground. Uh, what a player. Uh, and somehow Tom Young, Marion's guy, shine, shined brighter than even Jonathan Adams would be one comment. Tom scored five times. Uh, and I don't know what the more impressive one was. There was one where he just basically boxes one dude out and – out-wrestles the ball from another guy in the end zone for the last score of the game to get Marion within 49-45. On fourth and 20. On fourth and 20, yeah. yeah. So, so, what a game. Uh, these games always seem to go that way. Uh, seems to be a lot of points scored. It's, uh, it's, all, it's, it's kind of always unseasonably warm on that last Thursday, home or away. Cooksey John's a great place to watch a game, except for when you close the concession stands early in the third quarter and local media is dying of thirst on the sideline trying to run up and down and cover your football game. He was thirsty, and then y'all made him salty. So Yeah, salty salty and thirsty. So that's not a good combination. G- get that in check before I come back again. Um, but other than that, what a football game. Great high school football environment. It was senior night for Jonesboro. You know, and, uh, you know, the, the, the big hot take questions always, oh, did Jonesboro win this game or did Marion lose this game? You know, Jonesboro just took it. You know, they had a lot at stake. They had a conference title, a number one seed on the line. They went out there. They claimed it. They're going to be the number one seed now. They're going to be at home. They're going to get a bye and then get a home game in the quarterfinals. And Marion now, they actually have to – they've got a tough road to War Memorial. They're going to play at home this Friday night against El Dorado. Uh, then they'll hit the road uh, if they win for a game against Greenwood. So we know what that's about. So, Monk, uh, obviously this game had a lot riding on it, but still some fairly predictable uh, outcomes depending on what side of the stadium you were, you were on. Uh, this game, how did you feel about it, taking it in as, as a, a fan and a spectator and, and someone who appreciates the, the progress – Patriot football's made? Um, you know, I, I thought that uh, Jonesboro was a game that they can compete in, and they did. Uh, you know, Jonesboro, they've uh, 
they're more of a uh, running team now, you know, uh, as some people would like to have us uh, say, even though uh, Jonathan Adams did have uh, almost 200 yards of offense, the majority of it uh, passing, but uh, it is what it is. So Jonesboro, uh, a very competitive team, one that Marion's always going to be up for just because Jonesboro is one of those teams that's always consistently good, and you always want to match up well against them. So uh, just going into it, we expected a ton of points. That's what we got. Uh, you know, he, he, there's some points in the game where we could make, uh, we can make excuses, but at the end of the day, Jonesboro won, you know, so, um, we, it's, it's easy to look back at a game, uh, and say, you know, if, if this had gone right, uh, then for sure we would have scored and all this, but at the end of the day, we ultimately don't know. So, um, the what if game's an easy one to play. Right. We could, we could be playing it, but, uh, you know, hats off to Jonesboro at the end of the day. I will say though. Uh, as a fan, um, I do hope that uh, the offensive line is going uh, to be uh, okay for the foreseeable future just because we did lose um, a great player in Dathan Miller, a great offensive lineman. So uh, he had, I, b I believe he had surgery on Saturday? Friday morning. On Friday morning. So uh, just hoping for the best for Dathan and uh, hope to see the uh, offensive line move on from this. So what we understood on that was um, obviously not official, uh, but from what we could gather, maybe it was a bone in the high ankle area that was hmm. fractured and the surgery was to repair it. So uh, successful from everything that we've been told. Uh, and obviously that's a good thing for him as uh, that will unfortunately be the end of his uh, time as a Patriot football player, a little bit short, but he's made a huge contribution as one of Coach Davis's original linemen uh, three years ago. So the best for him. Now you were talking about that what if game. We could play it forever, mm -hmm. but there were a couple plays that stood out in my mind. Uh, most notably, uh, the first attempt uh, at an onside kick mm -hmm. in the second half. Uh, there was one in the first one that went out of bounds, but in the second half there was one where uh, we've seen this all year where the Patriots have this onside kicking ability that I guess people just leaves people stunned or, or something. Maybe not like that, but I, it's just one of those things where it goes straight into the ground, bounces really, really high, and then the Patriots are able to recover. We saw that against Jonesboro where bounced it straight into the ground, goes really, really high, and the Patriots recover. That flag that we've talked about that we saw against Jackson, West Memphis, uh, and someone else uh, three times this year, Pine Bluff. Uh, perhaps, uh, was waved off just like those other times. And then Jonesboro somehow still ends up with the ball. Now, we were left very, very confused because the, the sound system at Cooksey John's it's not like ours. Ours you can hear from miles away, which, you know, is nice. I but, can hear from miles uh, One of the things about that one is we couldn't quite hear what the ref was saying, and, and it took a long time for us to figure out what happened. And finally, uh, this, the word that I've got, and maybe you, you as well, uh, was that the flag was for illegal touching. Obviously waved off. The ball hit the ground. You can touch it after 10 yards at that point. Perfectly fine was not for illegal blocking because it did hit the ground. It was because the flag was waved off, but some referee, one of them, thought that they saw that the Jonesboro defender was on the ground with the ball. That obviously would be a down, uh, a downed ball. And two refs said, no, Marion has it. And then one says, no, he was down. And they run with that call. Now, 
believe me, I know refereeing is a tough game, uh, a tough position in a tough game. I'm the, I'm the product of one of the best refs, in my opinion, many opinions, and I know that it's a thankless job. However, my question on this one is, should we chalk this up as just a call that went Jonesboro's way? Or is this something a little bit more significant than, than just that? I think this is just a call that went Jonesboro's way. You know, ev every uh, game has a play that could go either way. And uh, for this one, it just happened to be a really big play as far as momentum goes. So, um, you know, uh, I think that uh, obviously this is something that we've had problems with in the past uh, three other times. Uh, but going back and looking at it on film, that's one of the disadvantages of high school football is you don't have uh, any kind of video replay, and I don't see anything like that changing in the foreseeable future. Yeah, we can't afford that. <laughs> but um, if you go back and look at it on film, I do think that Marion clearly has the ball there, but at the end of the day, the ref has the final judgment on that. Uh, I did think it was hilarious seeing Coach Davis out on the uh, Jonesboro logo uh, arguing his case, which I love to see in a coach. It shows shows a lot of fire and uh, shows how much he cares uh, about Scoot. getting a win on a Thursday. I so. call that Scooter Register territory. <laughs> I, uh, uh, Chuck, any any? any uh, I, I wouldn't read anything into it. I, I think it's more of a you know, uh, it's one of those deals. I mean, the rules. I don't think they're you know, there's a gray area. It's pretty obvious. I. I don't know. Like I, that was, it was a weird scene. You know, it happens a lot. You know, you would think that it's one of those deals. Uh, but Davis said after the game that Marion recovered it and Marion came up with the ball. It should be a clear recovery. So, I don't know. There's different sides of every story. I don't know what was seen. Uh, but it was certainly a crucial play in the game because Marion had just cut it to 35-31, and they, they think they recovered the onside kick with 349 left. Uh, instead, Jonesboro gets the ball, and they score in three plays on a 48-yard touchdown pass to – Jonathan Adams. Right. So, you know, credit to Jonesboro for taking advantage of that. And, you know, and for Marion, it's just a matter of kind of that sudden change. Uh, I saw what you guys saw. In my opinion, I thought it was Marion's ball. I mean, you had – I felt like two guys on the bottom of that. I don't know who they saw. I don't know why the guy furthest away from the play got the benefit. I, I can't explain that. I don't have an answer for that. I just uh, – I thought it was pretty obvious. Uh, I thought, it, like you said, at first it was the illegal touch that's really been straightened out lately. But uh, – you know, we can't do anything about it. Um, and, and, again, I want to go back to this point that Bennett made a minute ago. It's one of these deals where, you know, if you're marrying and you're trying to find your way or trying to, you know, break through and get to this upper echelon of the conference, and, you know, and they're, you could argue their progress would say that they're on their way. But when you're in that, you know, you're in these games late in the game and one or two plays are going to decide them. And, of course, they're always going to be magnified. And, you know, they've handled business in the games that they've won. You know, you think uh, Mountain Home, you think Cersei, you think Jacksonville, Little Rock Hall. And then – especially Jonesboro and, and Pine Bluff, and even West Memphis, in my opinion, you look at the just two plays that sort of decided it, and, uh, you know, and those are the things. I think it's a, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's kind of a maddening thing if you're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, this can't believe, you know, like, you know, if the difference of two plays and, and between winning and losing. But sometimes it comes down to that. Look at the NFL. Every week you see, you know. So I think it's a good sign from a competitive standpoint. I mean, as you all know, the last two years, and granted they were against a different schedule, they weren't in a lot of those games. North Little Rock's up 38-7, and it's just like, okay, whatever. But, uh, you know, first year, Jed, Jed Davis' first year here, just, I mean, every game was, was one-sided. But now this year, you're in the games, except for perhaps win. I mean, I'd say perhaps win. I mean, win only. Um, you're in these games, and when you don't execute, it stands out. But that's a bad thing. It makes for a painful loss. But I think it's also something that you're like, okay, 
are you are getting there. You're on the way. You know, you're, you're pedaling. You know, pedaling through. But again, at some point, you're just like. So I think it's. I think it's a net positive, even though it does make for some more painful losses than just losing by whatever it is and just saying, oh, okay, well, we lost 28, whatever. So, Yeah, it, I, to me, obviously, the, it, a call is a call. A call is a call. And uh, I, I, if he saw it, I, re, I respect that he saw it. Obviously, how we got there is a little bit frustrating. I'm not one to uh, criticize officials. I know neither of you necessarily are. Uh, and that's why I just say, you know what, I'm looking at the fact that we're in a great I'm looking at the fact that we're in a great position now that these calls mean something yeah um, that, that's kind of where I was getting right? I know that coach coach Davis hates there are no more moral victories um, and for the team this was there is no moral victory in this we lost uh, to me Pine Bluff was the last opportunity we had for a moral victory this is not a moral victory for the team or anything like that however it, it seems like it's kind of you know it's kind of nice that these calls mean something now. You know, two years ago, who cares, like you said. So, uh, to me, yes, they're getting more and more crucial, and, and I think that we as fans and I think any school's fans uh, have, to, have to remember, you know what, they're, they're human too. And uh, put yourself in positions where maybe wrong calls, one or two wrong calls, aren't nearly as significant. Yeah, and I'm, I'm also one for not having moral victories, but I will say hats off to the Marion team. Uh, even after a huge momentum play like that and going down by two scores to even make this a close game at the end of right. it. Right. And, and uh, how many times have scores. we seen that the past two years? Uh, Blyville, uh, um, there was last year's Jonesboro yep. game. Uh-huh. Uh, in other uh, instances, you didn't have as many last year because of the 7A side of the schedule. Uh, but just numerous times where the Pats kind of uh, wake up and realize, hey, what are we doing? And, and get in on it. So. That, that resiliency is going to take them very, very far in the future. So, uh, end of the night, congratulations to Jonesboro. A very well-played game, very uh, very well-fought game, I'll put it that way, because there were significant penalties for both teams. Also, because uh, I fought a dude in the parking lot after the game. I gave him the hands. Uh, so, we, uh, we have to realize moving forward now, uh, there were some playoff implications going into Thursday and Friday night. For Marion to get all the way up to a two-seed, you would need a loss from uh, Pine Bluff West to Jacksonville, 50 to nothing for Pine Bluff. That didn't happen. You would need a loss by West Memphis to Mountain Home, and that happened. Uh, just unfortunately four points short for the Patriots to nab that third seed uh, and send the Blue Devils on the road next week down to a fifth seed. Uh, so – Great progress still being made in Mountain Home. I think that that was definitely uh, the upset of the week. Probably not for Mountain Home. Uh, you know, they were riding some momentum, so good job for them. Uh, one more time, I want to talk about this. This parity that we are seeing mm. in 6A East, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Because it seems like leagues will get better and football teams will get better when they've got a rabbit to chase, and it doesn't seem like there's a rabbit right now. Maybe Jonesboro. Uh, but then they go and lose on the last play to West Memphis. So is this a good thing? Are we moving forward with uh, talent and, and progression in this league, or are we kind of stagnant right now? Yeah, I'll go ahead. No. I think uh, that this is a really good product right now for the 6A's just because it seems like anybody can beat anybody on a given week. So it makes it interesting. It makes you want to go out to the games on Friday night and see just what's going to happen because we can sit here and uh, – 
debate and say, uh, I'm going to have Monk's Mollies in a minute, and I'm going to sit here and talk about what's going to happen and what should happen and all this. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we really don't know until it actually happens. And I think that this is a great product for the 6A East just because, again, anybody can beat anybody. you got to be here to see it. Yeah, I've, I'm with Monk. I, you know, everybody – unpredictability is kind of what rules sports, in my opinion. You know, everybody's excited about – you know, what's going to happen next. You know, not kind of the, the great thing about sports is not knowing. It's kind of the, you know, so when you got Mountain Home taking off and winning, I think it's three of their last four now, and, the, and the, even a big win, you know, granted, you know, Jacksonville and Little Rock Hall, nobody, I mean, everybody assumed they would win, but like them beating Cersei in West Memphis, I, I didn't see that, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, West Memphis beating Jonesboro, that was certainly unpredictable. And uh, I mean, it was potentially predictable, you know, but. Uh, you know, I didn't hear anybody predicting it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Marion beating Cersei. You know, really, Marion's the one team that I think's kind of lived up to expectations as far as like what I thought in the preseason, with the exception of that Jacksonville game, which we've talked about. But um, <laughs> which, again, I was unaware of that. But like, uh, but even Pine Bluff. You know, they lose to Jonesboro. They have close games against Marion, West Memphis. Uh, you know, just just because the results don't go, your, I think it's a great thing though, because like it's it's always exciting checking Twitter and seeing oh, what's going on here, what's going on here. And yeah, like I don't, I didn't get the impression that. Jonesboro was head and shoulders above, you know, Marion or Pine Bluff or West Memphis or any of those teams. And granted, they won and they deserved it. And it's hard to win six out of seven games in the conference. But they lost to West Memphis, who's the maybe the third best team in the conference. Uh, they're they're going to be the number three seed. But, you know, that's not something you've had in the old 7A, 6A East. You've had North Little Rock, Cabot. You know, Central wasn't great. You, you know, you've got those teams kind of ruling the roost and they're just beating everybody. But now, like, on a given night – Jonesboro could lose to West Memphis on the road. Pine Bluff could have to score on a 65-yard touchdown pass to get past Marion. And mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing for the, the teams that are in the bottom half of the conference because now they do feel like if we do enough things right, if we get a big play, we can win a ball game. And, um, you know, like I said, it's just exciting as a, as a sports writer, as a fan, as a, as a coach. I mean, it's, it's an easy sell. You know, for your kids, even at Jacksonville Hall, saying, all right, well, look, Mountain Home just beat Cersei. You know, so it can be done, but we've got to play well. We've got to clean this up. It's a, it's a great conference. I would, I would actually say that this, is, this conference has been more uh, up in the air than any other conference this year that I can think right. of. And, and interesting enough, Mar- you're right, Marion is the one team that doesn't have that loss that just looks like a head-scratcher. Uh, I think depending on which side of Interstate 40 you're on, maybe that West Memphis game, but – um, you know, it, it was just kind of uh, one of those years where Marion played like they were supposed to, did what they were expected to, and I know that that's not good enough anymore for our team. So I, I think that just playing the chalk is going to leave them even hungrier in the future, uh, and they keep getting more and more dangerous, I think. And right now is when we need to, them to be the most dangerous because after uh, West Memphis's 14-7 to loss against Mountain Home and then El Dorado beating Texarkana 23-13. 20, uh, that meant that West Memphis drew Texarkana from that game and Marion drew El Dorado from that game. So, with that being said, for the first time that I can remember, El Dorado is coming to Marion High School. And that's been – we've played them plenty of times. Triple A's Law. They have to play El Dorado or Lake Hamilton <laughs> every year. Uh, so, now that we have it going like this, how do we see – an El Dorado team that by probably a lot of standards from what I've read online may be down, but we're not quite sure how to compare that because we've only ever seen them up. How do you think that's going to work out? We call it Monk's Maulers. Monk's Maulers. Um, I think this is a really good El Dorado team for the West. Um, 
the West kind of seems like it's Greenwood and everybody else, and they're a kind of a middle-of-the-pack team. Uh, I like I like uh, watching El Dorado. They have a pretty good system. It's kind of a spread under center mix. It's one of the few that we've seen that will consistently show multiple looks like this. Uh, I know uh, teams like West Memphis, for example, they started off spread and then went to the dead tee as the game went along. But El Dorado will incorporate something like this the whole game. So you're going to get a mix of spread and under center the whole game. Uh, if they do go under center, they like to go eye formation. So a, a lot of power running out of that. And uh, they got a really quick uh, quarterback. So if they, ever, if they ever do read option out of that spread, which they will do, then that's a really quick quarterback. He's going to uh, present some problems for the, uh, for the defense. Uh, I think their passing game is uh, it's a, it's okay, you know, but it's got some. It's definitely got some flaws. I'm uh, expecting some uh, big plays from our DBs this week. Uh, the run game's uh, the main thing for El Dorado. If you can shut that down, force them to pass the ball, then that's going to be huge for the Patriot defense. Uh, defensively for El Dorado, this is a small and quick team, kind of like Marion's, but there is one guy in particular that has uh, far and away been their star on defense, just looking at film, and it's their right DN. He is quick, he is big, and he is presenting all kinds of troubles for every offensive line I've seen them play against, especially Greenwood. He really showed out against a, huge, a big Greenwood line, even bigger than they were last year. So um, he was, he's getting in there, he's making problems, he's forcing these quarterbacks to get the ball quick, out quicker than they want to. Uh, but because of that, he's uh, going a little too far in, which has uh, opened up. A lot of teams like Greenwood to go to go with some quarterback runs from his side because he's going over too far inside. He's so, running himself out of the yeah, play. Yeah, he's running himself out of the play. So uh, he's doing a really good job with that. If it's a designed, hey, you're going to pass on this play no matter what. But we've seen that Peyton, if given the opportunity, he will run. So I'm expecting uh, some good rushing yards from Peyton this week. Uh, I think that Tom has a potential to have a good night on the ground. But if the Patriots uh, have a lot of crossing routes, that's where uh, Greenwood's uh, zone defense has been exposed this year. Um, a lot of crossing routes uh, against, Green, uh, against Greenwood. Greenwood uh, love to have these uh, pair of slanting routes that confuse their linebackers. Uh, and somebody, and you're going to have two open receivers just because both of those linebackers are confused. Uh, a lot of they got beat on vertical routes too, so I'm expecting Colin to have a pretty good night too. Uh, so uh, for the Patriots, I think uh, if the passing game uh, can get some of the success, I think it can have, then that'll open up Tom even more, and it should be a good night for the Patriot offense. Yeah. So uh, a lot of things go into this kind of game because. Uh, the trip from El Dorado to Marion feels like a, a pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. They're kind of used to that, though, because they're having to go to Asylum Springs and, and Greenwood and everything like that. So they've been used to this all, all year. As, as good as they got the 6A East, I think the 6A West mm. is a mess mm. on how it's lined up. So, and I'm pretty sure everybody in the state knows that. We set several records this year on longest conference games. Um, hopefully there's a fix for that in the future. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure anybody else knows right now. Uh, but it's like, been, it's like they've been playing playoffs all year. Uh, so I don't expect them to have any kind of issues with uh, bust legs or anything no. like that. They're used to it. Uh, coming here, maybe there's a different style of play, 
Uh, I know here it's really, really fast. Uh, that certainly played an issue for teams like Jackson that weren't familiar with this side. That's not to say that Eldorado is not unfamiliar with it uh, because we meet once a year, uh, at least in the first round, the East will meet the South or the West as it is now. So it, it, it's something that I think that Eldorado is very well prepared, uh, even if by their standards they are down. Two things that um, I want to bring up. This is a very playoff experience coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Maybe not necessarily uh, the team itself with uh, high-pressure situations, but I could be totally wrong on that. I wasn't here in 2014. I know that's when they beat us uh, in the first round. I don't know where they went after that. Um, last year was kind of helter-skelter. It looked like the East uh, does this year because you had Lake Hamilton beating El Dorado and uh, just these perfect triangles again. Um, and then you have uh, a freshman quarterback for El Dorado uh, from, what I've, from what I've gathered online. I don't know if he's their main one, but that is obviously a little bit younger. Maybe he's experienced, maybe he's quick, maybe he's gained that experience, much like our sophomores have over the year, and he's consistent. So there's a lot of unknowns that go into this because they're not your dad's El Dorado, certainly, because your dad's El Dorado always got the one seed. Um, but don't sleep on at all because you haven't played the South or the East or the West uh, consistently uh, as, as a state. So it, it's something worth watching, worth being there for. Obviously, your Patriots are in the first round with a first-round home uh, playoff game. It's the first time since 2011, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, we played uh, Benton that year. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a good thing that the uh, Patriots are bringing in uh, state talent. Uh, to, to put on display here. So, any thoughts on this game for you? Yeah, I mean, this is what's great about the playoffs, right? You know, you, uh, you spend all year, you're in your 680s cubby hole, you know, you're playing conference members, you're watching scores with other conference members. You might glance occasionally at the West and see what that is, but, you know, now El Dorado, you're seeing what they're doing, you know, you're seeing what they're about. And, like, you know, there's not really a lot of scores or teams to compare them with. Um, that's the great thing about the playoffs. Uh, I think you're exactly right about this, the coaching staff. They've been through these battles. They know how to prepare They've been on long trips. They've been in big games. Marion has two now, uh, but it's gonna to me. It's gonna be you know just a matter of you know Marion's been pretty good at home this year. I mean they only lost one home game to West Memphis. So uh, can Marion defend the home field like they have all year long? You know they've uh, granted you know the best team they played there might have been West Memphis themselves, but other than that they're four and one, which is a good record. El Dorado's gonna challenge that. Okay. Um, freshman quarterback. You know you never know, but he's clearly seen that. He's been out from what I understand for a couple weeks. Uh, you know, so how's that going to affect him? How did that affect his learning curve? You know, uh, you know, Marion defensively been, you know, coming on pretty well. I don't know that I really nick them for the Jonesboro game because they just scored barrels of points against everybody. So uh, interesting clash of styles. You know, Marion El Dorado, it's, it feels like a playoff game. It might be playoff weather. There's no telling. It's mm -hmm. going to be exciting uh, on Friday night. I'm just looking forward to it. It's, uh, you know, you think about some of the biggest near misses in Marion football history, and two of them were El Dorado. Uh, yeah, we're we're going to show Monk here real quick. He was on that team. Put the crying Jordan face on. You got it, buddy. <laughs> it's going to happen. So, yeah, so that, that's what I'm looking forward to. And, you know, again, then the prize for the winner is a trip to Greenwood. So, uh, What a prize. What a prize. We're, you're not going to leave here empty-handed. So, uh, we, we, we certainly are looking forward to Friday night. Keys to this game. And, and now we know that there's a little bit of a, uh, of a gravity to this now that we learned with Jonesboro. So, keys to the game, Monk. Uh, El Dorado, uh, looking at it on film, there's a night and day difference between the games they won and the games that they lost. 
and that is the games that they lost. They lost the turnover battle bad. Hmm. This team, uh, in their losses, had severe cases of fumbleitis, uh, a couple picks every now and then, but uh, this was this was Marion Mountain home levels of fumbleitis that I saw against Benton, uh, and they lost to Benton worse than they did Greenwood. I, I don't think I don't think Benton. I think Benton's a good team. I don't think they're as good as Greenwood looked on film, but the games that they did lose, it was so bad with their turnovers. And uh, one specifically that may have uh, cost them all the momentum with Greenwood. They had a pretty good. They had a pretty good thing going against Greenwood, but they stalled a little bit. They had to punt, and uh, the long snapper just kind of rolled it, almost didn't even make it to the punter, and uh, Greenwood just jumped on it right there, and they were in really good field position. So uh, the key thing for uh, the Patriots is win the turnover battle. Uh, if you do that. That's true for every team. Well, most of the time. Especially, especially El Dorado, though. You win the turnover battle, you're going to win the game. All right. Your key to the game, sir. Uh, as I was kind of referenced earlier, don't pay as much attention to the record. I don't know. El Dorado's, what, four and six? Are they five and five? Uh, it's, they're, they're around 500. But, <laughs> uh, gonna... but you know, it doesn't matter because don't pay attention to that. You know, this is a team that – See, you're playing right in your hands. Yeah, yeah. So this is a team that you don't want to – you don't want to get caught up and say, okay, this team's not very good. Uh, you know, we're going to roll over this team. You have to treat this team because they haven't really been whole in a couple weeks with all their pieces. I suppose they're getting some of these pieces back. Um Ignore that. Ignore the record. Approach this game like it's a winner go home game, which it is, and uh, be ready to play. Worry about what you do, and don't you know? Don't get caught looking ahead. Don't get caught looking behind. Because if you let the Jonesboro loss creep up on you, then you will lose to El Dorado at home. You know you've worked so hard for this home playoff game. Defend the home co- home court. Defend the home field. Get out of there. Get the win. And you know what? Hey, I, we know Greenwood's awesome, but. Go up there, see what they're about, and, uh, you know, notch a play. I mean, Marion hasn't won many playoff games in its football history. Now's a good time to add one on. So your key was take the uh, – Ignore the record. Ignore El Dorado's record. That's true for every team. Did you find the record? Five and five. Five and five. Okay. Three and four conference. And for me, key to this game is going to be – I think a little bit's going to be about how Patriot Nation shows up. Mm. Uh, make it feel like playoff atmosphere. It's not cold, people. <laughs> Uh, at this year, the attendance has been phenomenal. Um, just because it hasn't been cold, you've had excitement from the Patriots. Uh, you've had uh, a lot to look forward to, uh, and so keep it going. In the past, sometimes it seems like we're a little bit down from what you would expect for a playoff game. I get that you want to hunt and, and go see the Hogs and everything like that, but this is lining up as a good thing for the Patriots. I think that it's going to be about having home field advantage mm. and creating that atmosphere. That is a key for everyone. There's a reason we say that. Uh, just be a little bit of a smart note. Salt in the air. So I think that, um, no, I just want to make sure that Monk knows that. <laughs> so um, I specifically picked that. Sensational. Yeah. <laughs> so Sensational. The reason we talk about Monk Small is a keys to the game. These are things, and we just want to straighten this out real quick. These are things that are true for every single team no matter what. Our job is to take them from the team's perspective and put them in the perspective of you, the fans. Um, no one, I think, is watching this show to find strategy or to let us do their job of watching film for them. Because as good as Monk is at it, there's nothing like doing it yourself. So we're just making sure that everybody knows this is for the fans, and we're going to limit it to what fans need to know. And winning the turnover battle, minimizing penalties, 
Um, having a good home atmosphere, this is true for every team. If it was, hey, run this play on third down and long, yeah, that would be a little bit different. But still, uh, it is what it is, and, and we're so happy that we get to bring this to you. Moving forward, we got to talk about the podcast moving forward a little bit because the news hit the airwaves this week that our very own Chuck Livingston is going to have a new gig. And unfortunately, that gig is going to take him away from being one of our contributors. Uh, go ahead and tell us about this new gig that you got going on. Uh, well, if you're watching this show, uh, you're a high school football fan, you're probably aware of uh, Hooton's Arkansas football. It's the oversized uh, football preview edition that hits the, the shelves every summer in July or August. It's huge. It's like 500 pages. Uh, I'm actually going to work uh, for that corporation. It's a staff of five guys, uh, <laughs> nice guys. Uh, what? Corporation, five guys. Corporation, yeah. five guys. Uh, I'll be contributing to the magazine heavily. I'll be covering Class 3A and Class 6A football. I'll, uh, I'll be doing that, the weekly notes and uh, standings and games of the week and things like that. I'll be recording video at various games across the state on Friday nights. It's a big job. It's, uh, it's an exciting job. I mean, it's, it's going to be different, uh, certainly not being here, because, again, I've been here for – this has been my home forever, but it's uh, – you know, I've been in this, in this job in this capacity for – uh, since 2013, so uh, you know, changes, changes, change. It's not always bad. It's not always good. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, but I'm excited about the new opportunity. Um, grateful that they offered it, and I'm just grateful for all my readers and viewers and these guys and uh, Marion High School for being, you know, being so accommodating to me over my time. Uh, I've enjoyed my time here, really here specific, specifically, <laughs> uh, Patriot Stadium. Patriot Volleyball Gym, John Robbins, uh, just the whole thing. You know, I've uh, had a lot of good times. I've had a lot of good times together. I hope you feel the same. Um, I certainly feel that way. I'll, you know, this place will always be home. And um, but I'll still be around. I'll be on Twitter. I'll be on the gram. I'll be all these areas. I'll probably still be making spot appearances on the Patcast. Uh, perhaps whenever the first Marion game is the six A game of the week, I might add some insight from that on the. Uh, state media wide level um rather than just local media yeah so th there's a lot to, to this that, yeah. that's actually for us now because if you like what chuck contributes to the conversation in our community uh he's taking that conversation as a member of now 6a football uh what what's just for the local media now it's state media state media oh so my look forward to the same things just on a state level um as far as Pat Cass goes, yes, we're going to lose him as one of our original contributors. He'll be around occasionally. I know in December we got sure. some plans oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, to get started with him and, and Patriot Basketball, and Skype's a wonderful thing, so who knows how that'll go. Uh, and let's face it, less of my face on the show may really increase leader, you know, viewership. <laughs> I think a lot of if – if it's just my voice, which is made for the radio anyway, got a face for radio, like that, that may motivate people, like, now that I'm out of the middle, they might be like, oh, well, hold on a sec, maybe I will tune in. But uh, still want to hear from everybody. Still, want to, I'll be plugged in. I'll be keeping an eye. Just, uh, just it'll just be a little different. I, I, I won't be there in person as much, but I'll still be very interested. So. And next week, he will still be with us as we cover uh, the Eldorado wrap-up and potentially anything else. But we are definitely going to dedicate part of the show to reliving some of the best moments that we've had. Uh, because this all started as an idea that he and ha he and I had coming back from Asylum Springs, Asylum Springs awful snow trip. So 2015 oh, state gosh. basketball. So we'll relive all of that next week. Uh, we've already coined it. We love Chuck Livingston <laughs> to counter the I hate Chuck Livingston that we made. So which is also making its rounds ways around the state. So as we're finding out. So we appreciate the entire state of Arkansas for their viewership at this point, and uh, we'll have some other announcements next week with Pat Cast in the future. So. Exciting changes in the air. 
I didn't think it would come this quick, but we knew it was coming eventually, so we'll just deal with what we got. And uh, obviously losing Chuck's going to be a huge uh, dent to what we do, but we'll, we'll find some way to make sure that uh, the spirit of him lives on uh, in this show. He's one of the originals. So, uh, Any final thoughts for you, Monk? Uh, just ready for uh, some football again. Uh, got some uh, playoff atmosphere, hopefully. Uh, can't wait to see how good the trench rolls up. Uh, it's a playoff game, so uh, I expect a huge crowd. Yep. For you, Chucky? I uh, just appreciate everything. Uh, looking forward to, uh, really looking forward to the game on Friday. Football playoffs are the best, so uh, got my eyes on that one. Patriot Stadium, 7 o'clock. And, of course, hey, 7 o'clock kickoff, and uh, we got to show the uh, 6A West what the beast of the East is like with uh, uh, everything that we put on with this show that we call football. So we're so happy that we get to bring this to you uh, week in, week out, and we get to play roles in it uh, beyond this camera. So uh, on behalf of all of Patriot Nation, I'm Lynn West. I'm Chuck Livingston. Mark Bennett. And we will see you Friday night at 7 from Patriot Stadium for some Patriot Wildcat. Go Pats.